Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. So the service is going to be run by Pastor RJ and his prayer crew. Good morning, Windsor Christian Fellowship. Come on up, ladies. So in my notes, initially it said uh, introductions and dad jokes. But I don't have a dad joke for you today, so I just changed it to introductions. So um, as we uh, get started today, and then I'll, I'll go into what we're talking about and all that, but why don't I let this group of people here uh, tell you a little bit about themselves. Hi, um, I'm so glad to be part of your prayer crew. (laughs) (laughs) You all all need to be a part of our prayer crew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My name is Margie Paolini. Um, I have been married for 50 years to my wonderful husband, Nello. And I have four children, nine grandchildren. I've... uh, been saved for 50 years, walking with the Lord. It's been absolutely wonderful. And um, I have been at the church for about 40 years, and I have been involved in Thursday Ladies Prayer for about 30 years. My name is Chris Stanieven. I have been married 43 years, have three sons, six grandchildren, and um, uh, under WCF in 1983, um, there was a, a Bible study slash prayer group that started with uh, Yolanda Lamore and Barbara and myself, and so we've been praying ever since. I jumped into uh, Thursday Ladies whenever we started that in the 90s, I guess. Uh, Good morning. My name is Kimberly Taylor. Um, I have a husband of over 18 years. I have three amazing teenagers, and thank God I do not have any grandchildren yet. (laughs) Yep. So, what's that? Eventually. Eventually, right, kids? Um, Where was I? Oh, yes, prayer, right? (laughs) That's why we're here. Um, so yeah, I've just had like different opportunities throughout my Christian walk. Um, I've been saved about 22 years, um, just to pray with people, pray for people. I've seen healings and deliverances and it's just been really powerful and amazing. And, um, uh, I love, uh, I've loved my, um, I'm still in it, but my, um, personal prayer time with God, like just, I, I get lots of alone time at home. Um, and I, I talk with him out loud all the time. Um, so that's been really awesome. And then so now I've um, been a couple years, I think, the prayer, the online prayer coordinator. And then we, we do prayer on Wednesday, second of the month. <laughs> Me. Hi, I'm RJ. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I have been married 22 years. We have four daughters, no grandkids. Yay. <laughs> later, later. Uh, so, um, I shared at first service and, and, uh, uh, the joke is if you were here at New Year's Eve a couple years ago, you would know and understand 
that Kimberly actually has a daughter who was born in the church, just not <laughs> conceived at the church. Um, so <laughs> if you were here for that New Year's Eve service, you would fully understand that. <laughs> and I also reminded our awesome head pastor that I know where you live. Yes, oh, you know where I watch live. Watch your jokes. I have to be careful. <laughs> so, really next topic. Like a brother um, yeah, yeah, it's okay. We're good. Um, <clears throat> we're going to be talking to you about some effective habits. And realistically, as Christ followers or Christians, um, there's some habits that we need to develop inside of our life that are going to be very effective for your long-term success in the faith. How many say long-term success in faith? Okay. Um, if you don't get this one habit down, you're going to struggle for your entire Christian journey. Your entire journey will be a struggle if you don't get this habit formed in your life soon. And <clears throat> prayer or praying, right from Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, Prayer is spiritual communication between man and God. It's a two-way relationship in which man should not only talk to God, but also listen to him. Prayer to God is like a child's conversation with his father, and it's natural for a child to ask his father for the things he needs. Now, um, Brian and Florence just read for us from Matthew 6. I'm going to read Luke's account in, in chapter 11, verses 1 to 4 in the Amplified and, and he says, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, what's the next line? Okay. When you pray. That's exactly it. It wasn't a if you pray, if you feel like praying. When you're in trouble and you decide to pray, when you pray. As Christ's followers, when you pray, it's implied that that is something that you habitually do inside of your life. And if you were to jump back into the Hebrew culture, they had a clear understanding that prayer was a part of what they were supposed to do. Okay. And then Jesus makes it very clear that we're supposed to pray. And then if you go to Colossians 4.2, it says, devote yourselves to prayer. Now, how many husbands and wives are devoted to one another? And for all of you that didn't raise your hands, Pastor Dale and Kelly will be doing an event on the 18th. Make sure you get your tickets and have them lay hands on you and counsel you and teach you about being devoted to one another in your marriage. That's really kind of important. Paul says, devote yourself to prayer. Okay. Prayer is a lifestyle for Christ followers. You're a Christian. You call yourself a Christian. Prayer is something that you do, something that you do regularly, something that you do, as you'll see later, all the time. Okay, so that said, uh, the way that we're going to be teaching this um, series, or most of this series on effective habits, is I've invited other people to come onto the stage with myself so that we can have a conversation like we would in our living room, sitting around the couch. It's just we're going to allow you to hear our conversation. We'll see how that goes. We kind of we stream it in a little bit of ways so that you can get the content. But um, starting with, and I'm going to ask a question to our distinguished panelist, which is, and, and the truth is at first service, um, we realized really quickly that within them is a wealth of information and we could probably talk to you for weeks and months and not exhaust the topic of prayer. So what we're giving you is a highlight on the importance of 
and the necessity of, how would you encourage maybe the necessity of prayer if you were talking to, to people about that? How would you explain that? Prayer is relationship. The problem is a lot of times we don't have a relationship with really anybody. Don't get along with our family. Don't get along. Don't have a friend. And so it's hard to hear that concept that God wants to be in relationship with you. Now, um, God is love. Okay? So you might not have anyone to talk to, but you can talk to God. Because he's a God of love. And he wants to love on you. And then you get to love back on him by spending time in prayer. So you have no one to talk to? You got a friend in Jesus, right? Hello? You know the song. And so take that time. Take that five minutes every day, whatever you can do, and get in relationship with him. You might not have any understanding what a real relationship is of love. Hang out with Jesus, man. He'll show you love. Um, so in First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. <laughs> Give thanks in all circumstances. That one can sometimes be tricky. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if you're wondering, hmm, hmm, what's the will of the Lord for my life? Well, we can start here. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. And these things become easier as we talk to the Lord, as we're in our word, as we're focusing on what he's telling us to focus on. And so, um, you know, I just wrote down like, okay, why, why would he tell us to pray without ceasing? And I like to ask the Lord questions. And so he just said, well, because you need to. And I know for, you know, myself, like, there's so many things in life that, listen, without Jesus, I'd be a complete mess, right? Like, I would not have the family I have. I would definitely not be here. I don't have the strength for what it takes to live in this world. And so I have to abide. Like, that abiding in Christ is such a gift. And him abiding in us is so amazing. And so this big picture of when, you know, Jesus died on the cross, as we all know. He rose from the dead, as we all know. There's a lot of things accomplished here. However, one of my favorite things, there's so many things, like favorites. However, one of my big ones is when, okay, so at, at this point in time, um, the Holy Spirit, God, resides in the, the holies of holies in the temple, right? So Jesus is on the cross, and in Matthew 27, 50 to 51, it says, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. He took his last breath. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, which I always found interesting, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. And so God didn't wait one second. God went, man, as soon as, as soon as I can create that opportunity for my people, my beloved, my creation to come to me and talk with me and converse with me, it's happening. And so Jesus, that last breath, and the veil, torn. God didn't wait to talk with you. He couldn't wait to be in communion with his people. And so this is awesome. This is exciting. This is an honor. 
and it's a blessing. So we thank God for that. Um, yeah, I, for me personally, um, am I on? You are. Okay. Yeah, you're on. Um, I cannot get over the fact that God created me and everything in this universe actually wants to have a relationship with me. Mm. That, that, think about it for awesome. yourself. It's, it is, it is awesome. And, um, so anyways, I, I have to say, when you talk about prayer, for a lot of people, it, it brings up a lot of negative connotations. Sometimes people feel really guilty. I think a lot of people feel guilty that they never pray long enough or hard enough. Um, and, and that was the case for me early on in my walk because uh, prayer was, was all about asking. And, um, you know, it was like, oh, my gosh, the list is endless. The needs are endless. The problems are endless. And it was just overwhelming to me. And um, and I came across a scripture in Isaiah 56, I believe it is, where it says that God would make them joyful in the house of prayer. And I thought, wow, Lord, that's, that's what I want. How do you do that? And then, you know, um, it says in Psalm 16, I believe, that in his presence is fullness of joy. And then in Nehemiah, it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. So I said, okay, Lord, I need all that. And, um, and then also, I want to mention a little saying that back years ago, I don't know if you've heard it, where it, he sa it says, seek my face, not just my hand. And that kind of really hit me. And I, I said, okay, Lord. And I, God began to teach me that I needed to spend, just enjoy him. And let him minister to me, teach me, correct me, whatever he had to do, build that relationship. We cannot emphasize enough how important that is in, in everything. And I think that's my main point, is that everything you do in ministry, anything you're going to do in life, that your relationship with the Lord is the foundation of that. Do you get around people that have a close relationship with the Lord and you just go, oh my gosh. I want to be one of those people, and I want all of you to be one of those people, and I believe God is calling all of you to that. And just one other thing I just want to say is, um, you know, God uses the two most intimate, loving relationships we have as human beings to describe what he wants his relationship to be with us. He says, I am the husband, you are the bride. I'm the father, and you're the child. So one thing God taught me is that when I come to him and when I come and are interceding for others and asking for things, he wanted me to ask like a bride. He wanted me to ask like a child. And I know about, I don't know about your kids, but my kids, they had no problem asking me for things. A lot of times they just took it. So that's in a respectful way. That's how God wants us to be with him. He delights to, just as you as a parent delight to give to your children and bless your children, the Father's the same. So, that's a good start. <laughs> okay, we're good. Uh, some practical ways maybe that we can talk to people about learning how to pray or how to pray, some just maybe tips, maybe prayer 101 stuff just for people that are brand new, that are just trying to figure this out, maybe never done it before, to give them some tools and some confidence. Uh, first of all, is that um, 
you don't have to pray an hour the first day, right? Just take just five minutes. Five minutes. Read some scripture and spend five minutes before God. And so there's no pressure, okay? You'll add, but just, just, he wants to love you. you got to sit still so he can love you, and then you're just going to automatically love him back, right? Uh, it's a habit. We develop habits. You brush your teeth every day. I hope everybody brushed your teeth today, right? I mean, everybody got dressed today. Everybody drove their car here or got a bus, whatever. But they found a mode of transportation. But we do the same thing all the time. Prayer is just something you do all the time. Something you add, something you add to your life. If you don't do it, just pray. Now, if you are starting, just hello, we have the Our Father. Right? When have you not gone to a funeral and they haven't prayed the Our Father? Or just look it up. We read it today. Start with that. There's tons of devotionals. There's like little, little booklets and there's... There's actual book devotionals where, yeah, books on prayer. And, and you actually, um, what they do is they, they give you a scripture, they give you food for thought, and then they give you a little prayer at the bottom. You're good, right? Great way to start. Just start. You know, it's all good to be here on a Sunday and, oh, God's amazing. And then Monday hits. Where are you? Hello. Or where Sunday afternoon. You, you know? Talk to Jesus. He's an amazing friend. So I have a story. Um, I don't know when it was, however long it was, a couple years, maybe a year. Um, so I'm hanging out with the Lord, and I was kind of frustrated with myself, and I was like, God, like, ugh, you're invisible. And I forget about you, you know? And I was like, how? How can I, how can I... I want to I want to pray with those easy. I want to talk with you. I want to listen. Like, I want you involved in everything. And so, but I forget. I do. I just forgot. And so I thought, well, I'm going to do this. So I, I grabbed my phone and I started looking up on Amazon and I started shopping a little bit. And I thought, you know, if I bought myself um, a life-size um, cardboard cutout of Jesus and started... No, for real. Yeah, I'm a little that crazy. Um, and started taking it with me wherever I went, especially Costco. Because I, I, wow. Right? And I'm like, I know I might look like a freak, but at that point I just kind of didn't care because I was like, I know I just, I need you. I need you so badly and I don't want to forget about you. And so, you know, shopping around and it was like $200. I'm like, mm, okay, let's do this some other way. Although the $200 would have been worth it. Um, so this is what I came up with instead. Um, so sticky notes. So I've, you come over my house, I got some sticky notes in my bathroom, sticky notes in my kitchen, sticky notes on the wall beside my bed. Um, and even if I just glance at them, I don't even have to read them. A lot of them, like you kind of start memorizing them, right? Um, uh, it just kind of reminds me, oh yeah, hi Lord, you know, um, reading your Bible. Like, that reminds me to pray because oftentimes I'm reading, I'm going, I don't know what that means, you know? And so I'll ask him, what does this mean? And so we have whatever. Um, fellowshipping, you know, oftentimes I have to pray when I'm hanging out with Pastor RJ. Um, Especially me. Totally got you back, brother. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, um, so while you're talking about that, 
Do you, uh -oh. do you put sticky notes on the cart when you go shopping at Costco to remind you that Jesus is with you? No, I put my ears in and I listen to worship music. Oh, that's while really I shop. smart because sometimes when you're at Costco, man, woo. Real, I do. I put my ears in and I listen to worship. It's almost it's right up there with driving. People that drive into you with carts. <laughs> oh, and then you okay, go ahead, go ahead, go first, you know. Um, I mean, teachings remind us to pray. Reading Christian books and pr books about prayer reminds us to pray. Alarms on our phones, right? Like we can set alarms and go like every 10 minutes. I'm just kidding. Every couple hours, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He's our, he's our bread and our wine and our water, right? So alarms on our phones. Accountabilities with friends and, and spouses or whatever. Boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Quick text. Hey, remember to pray today. Um, pray with others. Or you can pray with the prayer team. Yes. Can I just add that when it comes to practicing prayer, um, we, just be free. Just be real. Just be yourself. Forget trying to make it religious. You know, that's what we're trying to do is break the religion off of prayer. We have a preconceived notion of this is what it's looked like. I got to get on my knees. I got to do this this long. You know, I got to worship so long that I have to repent so long and then I have to do this so long and I have to pray for the. Just take it all away and just get with daddy and say, teach me and just be yourself. And he says, I want to give you joy in the place of prayer. So that's what we want you to know. It's supposed to be a joyful place. Philippians. Oh, sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I, uh, I know I can check the temperature, my spiritual temperature, when I come to pray and, and I'll say, hello, Lord, and I'm smiling. Then already I'm good. But if I'm saying... Hello, Lord, and I'm like, uh, well, yeah, I got to do some serious uh, getting right with God. And so a lot of times you might feel like a little twinge when you are about to pray, and that's because you got some sin. Hello. And so what you do is, like, I wash my hands all the time. You wash your hands all the time. I have germs. I can't see them. You have sin, and you can't see it either. But when you go to God, I just need to... Lord, I can see I just got something not right in me. Could you please forgive me? And and sometimes the Lord will just download what exactly your problem is. Other times I don't know. I just know I gotta repent. So in that that quiet, be myself kind of way, I can say, Hey, hey, I, I know I'm not right with you and I want to get right. Uh, Lord forgive me of my sin. And uh, he makes it all good, right? Scripture says that he drives our sins as far as the east is to the west and down to the depths of the sea, okay? That just means that you had a sin on um, the chalkboard and he erased it, now it's done. Okay? No more. So Philippians 4.9, when you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and God of peace will be with you. First Timothy 4.15, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Okay? So it's something that comes by practice, by repetition, by doing it over and over and over again. You know, sometimes my kids, they play sports, and I tell them all the time, you're not going to get better at that without lots of practice. 
and you want to get better at free throws, then stand at the free throw line and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot some more and do it again tomorrow and next week and next month. And eventually, hopefully more of them will go in. If after a year of practicing every day, they're not going in more, then maybe basketball's not for you. <laughs> if you pray consistently, prayer is for you. It's not like sports. Um, advanced concepts of prayer. If we wanted to go into more things, petition, intercession, okay. go ahead. Um, you know, in God's word, Jesus himself makes some amazing claims about prayer. He, in, Ma in Matthew 7, 7, he says, ask and you shall receive. In John 14, 13, he says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. And he repeated it in the next verse. He says, ask anything in my name and I will do it. In uh, John 15, 16, he says, I chose you that you should bear fruit, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. And I, I'm just going to end there because there's more. But, you know, prayer is God's idea. Prayer is God's idea. He's saying, come. You need me? Pray. And, you know, he's not playing games with us. He's not telling us to do something that doesn't matter, that doesn't make a difference. He's telling us it makes a huge difference when we pray. Look what he said. And so we need to just believe and, and pray and trust. You know, I see a lot of times um, when I'm praying, I see myself planting seed. Every prayer I make, I'm, I'm putting seed down in the ground. It's incorruptible seed. So I know that someday that seed is going to bring forth some fruit. I may not live to see it, but I can guarantee you God is going to act on those prayers. And imagine if all of us went out of here in the workplace, in Costco, planting seed, you know, just praying for somebody that you look at that's got a sad face. I had one man come up to me after church at the first service, and he said, every time a plane flies overhead, I pray for the passengers in that plane. Well, I thought, wow, I never thought of doing that, but he did. It's amazing how God is mobilizing his church. Just pray. And together, whoa, yeah, so. Which, which leads us to... Well, um, can I read that out of the book? Yeah. Last service, I didn't get a chance, but I wanted to read this, and um, so I'm going to do it this service. So this is a book that was written over 30 years ago, and he's talking here about the power of prayer. And he says, I discovered that prayer is the secret weapon of the kingdom of God. It is like a missile that can be fired toward any spot on earth, travel undetected, at the speed of thought and hit its target every time. It can even be armed with a delayed detonation device. In his prayer of John 17, Jesus said, I don't pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. His prayer spans the centuries and embraces all who have believed or whoever will believe. 
Every time someone turns to Christ, the prayer of Jesus is answered again, 2,000 years old and still being answered. The implications are staggering. We too can pray about things yet to happen. Things, for instance, in the lives of our children and their children. We can wrap them in the arms of intercession and march them through the fires of hell and into the gates of heaven. This is the inheritance we can leave our children, an inheritance of prayer. There's more. Satan has no defense against this weapon. He does not have an anti-prayer missile. For instance, the unbeliever has many defenses against our evangelistic efforts. Hand him a track on the street and he can throw it away. Get on the TV and he can switch channels. Call him on the phone and he can hang up. But he cannot prevent the Lord Jesus from knocking at the door of his heart in response to our intercession. Hallelujah. So we have to talk about listening to God's voice as well because how many of you like being in relationship with someone who does all of the talking and never gives you a chance to speak? Just checking. Um, we have to not just talk to God. We have to learn to listen to God. And there's, there's three primary voices that you hear, especially at the beginning. You're going to hear your God's voice, which is always going to align with the scriptures. You hear your human spirit, and you can hear the enemy's voice. You can hear Satan's voice. And sometimes as you're learning to discern, that voice all sounds the same. It gets confused. Was that God? Is that me? Is that the doubt? Like, we don't know. So we test it with the word, and if it aligns with the word of God, you know it's your human spirit or God. If it's against the word or disagrees with what the Bible teaches, you know that it's either the devil or your human spirit, right? So we have that test foundationally, but when it comes to listening, let's talk about some more concepts of listening. Uh, it's hard to sit still before the Lord, and, and we encourage you that in your prayer time, um, just be quiet. But it's hard, right? It's really hard. So what I've remembered in the past, that when I have a grandchild that sits alongside me, or my kids, when they did, sit, sit on my lap or beside me, I just love them, but we didn't say a word. They were just with me. And I was with them, and it was like, so rich, and then they're gone, they're out of here, they're doing something. So take that five minutes, it's a discipline, it's very hard to sit quietly before the Lord, but, but just let him, just sit still, and just let him love you. Don't say anything, just let him love you. It's hard, but you will find great joy in just cuddling up to God. Um, so as, uh, Margie was saying earlier about God being like that relationship, right? Our father um, and us being his children and then like we're the bride and, and he's the groom. Um, there's so many like different other aspects too of like that relationship. Of course, he's our king, our Lord of Lords, hopefully our savior. Um, and then often like when I think about Jesus, like the Bible talks about how he's our best friend and brother. I don't have an older brother. I've, I have brother-in-laws. But um, 
the idea of Jesus being my brother and my best friend. And so, you know, as a mom, like, I, you know, my kids don't tell me everything, right? And so that's okay, but they'll tell their best friends. And so that's like the greatest thing is that, and our best friends are going to tell us, hopefully, if they're good friends, the truth. <laughs> so listening to your best friends because they love you. Your, 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 your dad loves you. Your best friend loves you. Your brother loves you. And they're going to tell you the truth. So listening to them is important. And just in the Holy Spirit, same idea. Like he's, one of his characteristics is that counselor. I don't know about y'all, but, you know, if you've been in counseling or whatever, but I've, I, with my counselor, like lots of conversation back and forth. I've spoken a lot to my counselor and my counselor has spoken a lot to me. And it's in my best interest and the people around me's best interest when I listen to my counselor because of the wisdom that they have and the truth. God knows everything. He's, he, he created everything we can't see and everything we see. From the littlest of littlest, the littlest of particles to the expanse of the universe. He breathes out stars. He's a genius. He's the genius of geniuses. Why wouldn't we listen? Why wouldn't we go, okay, God, teach me how to listen to you better, clearer. What needs to go in my life my flesh has to die. My flesh has to die. And the more my flesh dies, the clearer I can hear him. The more I repent, it's this clearer. It's clearer. So Lord, how teach us, get us to hear your voice clearer and clearer and clearer. And I love what Chris was saying too about just sitting. Nothing really even has to be said sometimes. And then another thing I think about, too, when listening and kind of learning how to uh, distinguish between our voice, enemy's voice, and the Holy Spirit's voice is meditating. And so don't let that word creep you out. Meditating is in the Bible. Look it up. Um, ba -ba -ba, where's the scripture? Ah, yes. Uh, Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart... Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It really just means, what are you thinking about? Just focus, like, what are, you, what are you thinking about? And the Lord tells us what to think about. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there is anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, just think about those things. And can you think of anything better describing this than Jesus, God, Holy Spirit? So let's just think about him. Thank God. Thank God. Just meditate. A scripture, a word of a scripture. And I really do believe that, that that small, still voice inside, you'll hear it. And he'll teach you how to distinguish between them. Amen. I just want to add to, or say that people struggle with knowing what God's will is in their lives. And... Um, I think two things in that. Um, if you miss God, he knows where to find you. You are going to mistake, make mistakes in discerning his voice. But God can redeem those mistakes. If you are sincere and you're really wanting his will, I can guarantee you he will redeem those mistakes. And the second thing um, that's just slipped my mind, because I'm in my 70s. No, I don't want to say that. But... Um, <laughs> 
Grab the oh, money yeah. first. No, no, no. I just remembered. Um, when, when it comes to our listening, we need to have healthy guardrails. We need, the, we need to line up what we're hearing with the Word of God, and we need to have a community around us that can, we can bounce things off, and they can let us know if we're off. So that's a great opportunity here for me to talk about the guardrails. So when it comes to listening to the voice of God, we have the primary guardrail is the Word of God. Okay. The Spirit and the Word always agree. What God is speaking to you will never contradict what He's already revealed in His written Word. Okay. And another way that you can check that is you bounce that up against your, your, your Christian friends or your, your Christian circle, your leaders. They'll often give you good input on those things. Uh, when people disobey the guardrails or when they don't listen when there's a guardrail, you know, when you're, when you're coming on the off-ramp and it says maximum speed or yellow, it's 30. So when it's wet and icy, you don't want to go more than 30 or you could end up going over the guardrail. Okay. The Word of God has given us some counsel for life. It's just some people, whether through um, spiritual activity, whether there's spirits happening in their life, whether through mental illness, whether through deception where they believe lies as truth, you know. Uh, sometimes people don't follow the guardrails. They don't follow the advice. They don't, you know, and a great example of that, if you were here Wednesday night, you know, someone stood up and caused a little kerfuffle uh, in the middle of the service. And from time to time, people come in and, and there's often conversation going on that you're not privy to. And, and sometimes people act out or act up or create disturbances and stuff. And, you know, you have to remove them from the facility because, you know, it's, it's not really proper for you to stand up in the service and start screaming at me, um, even if you disagree. <laughs> I love you all, but it's not the format for that. And, and what happens is, uh, you know, I remember a few years ago, there was a lady that sat down between the double doors there. And, and she was here to make a scene. She was here to make trouble. She was not interested in attending church. She was just interested in causing trouble. But we had a whole conversation with her where she was cursing people. We had to have the police remove her. And I remember someone came and yelled at me after because it was like, Pastor, those two big cops dragged that poor woman out and she just wanted to come to church. And I'm like, I love you, but you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So the guardrails are there for everyone's protection. We want this to be a safe place for everyone to attend. And if someone wants to come in and not act right, then they're not going to be able to come here. Okay. Is that fair? The same goes for your prayer life, okay? If you are listening and you think you're hearing from God and your leaders are saying, well, the word actually says this, because people come all the time and say, well, I heard this in my prayer life. And I'm like, that's nice, but the Bible says this. Jesus was born through a virgin. That the virgin conceived, right? No, he wasn't a, he wasn't a, a, a surrogate. No, sorry, doesn't work that way. That's not what the word says, you know? And people come with all kinds of doctrine because they heard something, but it, it doesn't mean it aligns with the word. That's the first test I said, the word of God. And, and we have to make sure that we always filter what we're hearing through the word of God. Any word that God gives you is always going to align with his revealed word. If it doesn't, then it's not from God. And, and you might have got it in a vision. You might have had too much pizza or too much something else, Okay. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, you did have a vision. I believe it. <laughs> but it's not a vision from God because, you know, visions can come from other places too. So on that, um, I want to go to James chapter 4. And I have to cut that one right now because I want to move on. But in James 4, it says, What's causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? 
You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Ouch. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, pay attention to this, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. I could talk for hours about suffering for Jesus, but you know, how many know that not every prayer you pray is gonna get answered? There is unanswered prayer. And sometimes there's reasons for that. And sometimes there's big question marks in our mind on that. But has anyone ever had a prayer that went unanswered? Well, if you're not praying, you're probably not gonna have too many unanswered prayers. However, ladies... Um, on this whole topic of unanswered prayer, I think we need to start with the fact that in the Bible, from start to finish, God declares that he hears our prayers and he answers our prayers. Um, however, how do we deal with unanswered prayer? How do we deal with those things that don't make sense um, and doesn't seem fair, God seems far away, all those issues that we experience with God? And um, I will say that just recently, we were praying for a dear friend to be healed of cancer, and he ended up passing away. And I think these are very real issues that we all face in prayer. And, um, and so we can't really give glib answers. We don't understand a lot sometimes why our prayers don't get answered. Um, how many of you have prayed for something and years later or not even you're glad God didn't answer that prayer you know Ruth Graham says I would have married the wrong man three times if God had answered my prayer and you know we're, we, we can be praying for God to heal us and God's already told us that we need to uh, lose weight or, or have a better diet and we're, we're not listening to that so there's all sorts of, of those issues right when, we, when it comes to prayer and answers to prayer or not answers to prayer, and it gets very complicated. But I just um, want to say the most important thing, I think the bottom line here, is that God is God, and we're not. And God is the big picture, and we don't. And he's going to do what is in the best interests of mankind at, his, and at the best time. So we, bottom line, have to trust the Lord, that we have to trust his judgment, his, his, his mercy, his justice, his goodness, his love. And I think we have to realize, too, that in this mix, as we're praying and believing God for things, um, we have a real enemy. And number one, he's going to try to keep you, first of all, from praying. He's going to tell you you're not called to pray, you're not praying enough, leave it to the ladies, whatever. Um, but he'll try to keep you so busy, so whatever, that you won't pray. Or if you are praying, you know, he will certainly bring in so much doubt and confusion, accuse God to you that you just almost want to give up in prayer. And, um, you know, I think it's just so important when we have unanswered prayers that we don't run from God, but we run to him with those struggles, with those disappointments, with those frustrations. He's not, he, he's a loving father and he knows very well what we're feeling and thinking. So we might as well be honest and real with him, right? And I, I just think how pleased the father is when nothing's going well in our lives and we got all these unanswered prayers or questions 
that we say, God, I don't care. I'm going to praise you. I don't care. I'm going to thank you. I don't care. I'm going on with you. And, you know, I feel like we're just dancing all over the enemy when we do that. And, you know, and I think we all have to get to that place. And, and I think God wants to walk with us through the struggle because he wants to sanctify us through those struggles. When you're waiting and waiting, it's hard. But God is there, and if you allow him, he's going to use that waiting. He's going to use these contradictions to perfect you. And, and that builds his kingdom. So about eight years now, um, my dad was, um, he had cancer and um, wasn't, well, yeah, he wasn't saved. And so um, it was a few weeks before he passed away and I was just praying and I was crying out. I was like, oh, just, I don't know. I was just crying out. Like it was just a mess. And um, the Lord interrupted me. He likes to do that sometimes. And he said, no matter what. What? What? What do you mean? He just said, no matter what. I'm like, ah. That's all he said. And I went, hmm. And I knew what he meant. And it was, no matter what, no matter what happens with your dad, no matter, um, my dad did pass away. And I never got to experience the relationship with my earthly dad that I wanted. And so he spent, and I didn't know, and I still, like, there was through a relative, um, we got told that, um, oh, your, your dad made peace with God. So I hope that means, <laughs> you know, but still, I don't know for sure. And when God challenged me with that, it was, no matter what your dad decides, no matter what happens with your family, no matter what happens in this world, no matter what happens around you, no matter what happens through COVID, no matter what happens with the rest of the world, are you going to continue to follow me, praise me, worship me, listen to me, talk with me, be with me? Will you let me go? No, or will you hold on to me no matter what? And I just want to encourage you with that today. And just know that why would we let go of a dad, of a brother, of a best friend, of a counselor that loves us more than anything and anyone? Why would we let go of that because of someone else's decisions or choices or even our own? Don't let go of it, family. Don't let go of the one who adores you and just wants to spend time with you. He wants the details. You're not bugging him. You're not bugging him. He loves his children and he wants to hear from you. And he doesn't want you to let go of his leg. He just wants you to hold on. Just hold on no matter what. No matter what. Amen. Thanks. Okay. Let's uh, stand together. And as we're going to come to the table today for communion... You know, the scriptures challenge us. I read it in James. There's other places. You don't get your prayers answered sometimes because you're living in wickedness. 
there's open sin in your life, you're not in relationship with Christ, there's times that we have selfish motives, that we have evil motives towards others. They call them imprecatory prayers where you pray evil on others, you know. There's other times when there's a, a test of faith. There's other times it's timing. I always think, you know, like in Jesus's ministry, when he went into Jerusalem, he had to go by that guy at the gate. Beautiful. Maybe the guy wasn't there. I don't know. But it wasn't until later when Peter walked by and his shadow, you know, and Peter, silver and gold have I none, and he raised him up and he started walking. The miracle had a time on it, and it was accomplished in God's perfect timeline. And sometimes we get frustrated when God doesn't answer our prayers on our own timeline. Actually, a lot of people do. And I don't know if you said it this time or last time, Chris, but you said, I know people that quit God because their prayers didn't get answered how they think they should. But you don't quit God. Like, he never quit on us. And the truth is, some of you in your hearts right now, you're far from God. Some of you in your hearts, you're distant. You're feeling very alone. You're feeling very hurt. You're, you're angry at God for whatever people did to you. But I want to encourage you right now as we come to the table to celebrate the Lord's Supper. You know, with the bread in our hands, it's one step into your relationship with Christ. One step back to him. Repentance, thanksgiving, relationship. And if you've never prayed, if you haven't been praying, we're not here to beat you up, but we understand that this is essential to your life as a Christ follower. The truth is your success or failure in faith is gonna have a lot to do with the time you spend with your creator. And as you spend time with him, he starts changing your heart, your attitudes, your actions, and he changes you from the inside out. So Father, I pray for everyone listening today as so we have the bread in our hands. Lord, as Kimberly was sharing, you tore the veil because you don't wanna live in a box anymore. You wanna dwell within us. You want your presence within us, your people. So as we purpose to spend time with our creators, we purpose to spend time with you. Lord, I thank you that you're revealing yourself, your love, your peace, and your joy to each person here. Teach them, Lord, to pray as they sit in your presence. Teach them to hear your voice. Your word says, my sheep know my voice. Teach them to obey your commands even when they don't understand. Father, I thank you at the table. There's healing. There's peace. In Jesus' name. With the cup in our hands today, the blood of the new covenant, Jesus, your blood is so powerful. It purchased our freedom from the enslavement of sin. Set us apart. Called us to yourself to be a people. Lord, today we set aside the sin. We set aside unforgiveness and hatred. We set aside offense. And we look to you 
the one who loves. And in the midst of pain, sorrow, confusion, suffering, defeat, agony, loneliness, discouragement, depression, anxiety, fear. Lord, I thank you that you break the power of the enemy over the lives of your people right now. And there's a shift in their heart. There's a shift in their spirit. Righteousness and peace and joy are arising. Restore, God, like only you can. Heal the hearts. Heal the broken places. In Jesus' name. One of the things that we wanted to communicate today was simply, there's an invitation to all of you to pray with us as well corporately. Uh, Kimberly's here the second Wednesday of the month on our Holy Spirit nights when we have our activation nights. Man, if you haven't come out on Wednesdays, it's, there's something going on in this place. There's something happening as people are stepping out in faith and activating in the spirit of God. But there's some corporate prayer and instruction. They also go online on a regular basis. You can stream our prayer services on YouTube and join us for 15 minutes. Join us for an hour. And uh, Margie and Chris have been praying for a better part of 30 years on Thursday mornings, 9.30 to 11.30. It's a ladies group. You can meet right here in the sanctuary. I want to encourage all of you, join with us in the corporate prayer. Pray privately, but pray. It's an essential habit for your Christian journey. Windsor Christian Fellowship, you have been equipped. Now go. Be the 